And oftentimes the audience is liking what you just posted or what you have been posting. They just want the same thing over and over again, the same thing over and over and over again. It's repeat action. I think that's the thing that I noticed is that repeat action is literally the exact antagonist to creativity. Doing the same thing over and over again is the exact opposite of what creativity means, or at least means to me. In my mind, being creative is being original and or and experimental and having that adventurous originality about you. It's it's getting doing something and figuring it out in the process and pushing yourself constantly to do something a little bit better than the last time you did it. And I think that the thing that social media encourages is for you to do the same shit over and over again. All the people that I really admire, all the people that I really look up to, they have their own creative voice. They have their own creative style. They have a feeling that is synonymous with their brand. Welcome back to episode 25 of the podcast. How's everyone doing? Episode 25, the quarter century episode. How crazy is that? I remember how excited I was for episode 10. I'm really, I only sort of, I mean, it seems simple, but I only just put two and two together and was like, episode 52 will be crazy. If I can keep this consistent, and that is one of the things that blows my mind the most, is how consistent I've been with this with this podcast. It's seriously been uh, been so much fun, and that's probably why I just enjoy it so much. I enjoy getting on here once a week and just rambling, and let's be perfectly honest with each other, that's all this is, is rambling. Um, I just want to quickly say as well, I was listening to, and if any of my Australian listeners listen to this guy, I was listening to Lewis Spears on his podcast, Spearhead Sundays, and he was talking about how, in particular Australia, sorry, I'm fidgeting at the moment, I'm... A little antsy. <laughs> I'm a little antsy this morning or this morning, this afternoon. Um, I was listening to his podcast this morning and he was talking about how uh, apparently one of his reps or one of the people that he communicates with at whatever audio platform or whatever um, hosting platform he uses for his audio side of the podcast, apparently right now in Australia, uh, because people aren't commuting, and people aren't driving, and people aren't sort of doing a lot of the activities that they would generally listen to podcasts on, they said to him that, because he was wondering why his numbers on YouTube were continuing to climb, but the numbers on his audio platform were stale. They were staying consistent. And apparently the person said to him, they were like, uh, that's amazing. If you are staying consistent, if you're not losing listeners right now, you are doing unbelievably well. If you're gaining listeners right now, you are doing exceptionally well. And if you're losing listeners right now, that's completely normal. Um, and I am incredibly pleased to say that we're gaining listeners. Every single week, we are gaining listeners. And that to hear that from that podcast and then to put that against my own sort of stats at the moment, that's unreal. <laughs> that's absolutely unreal and I'm so so stoked that this podcast is growing um, I'm probably going to have an exciting announcement coming up soon but I'm probably going to leave that for today um, it's just going to be something extra that I'll be able to offer you guys especially the podcast listeners so I'll probably announce that over the coming weeks I know I've just become one of those content creators who makes an announcement for an announcement and pisses everyone off to no end I, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to be starting a Patreon and starting a secondary podcast or a an extra episode every single week 
uh, for Patreon. So that's the announcement because no one likes. I hate that when when creators get on their platform and they're like, I've got an announcement, but I'm not going to announce it. So I'm going to give you an announcement for an announcement and then eventually tell you. It just annoys me. So I don't want to be that person. That's probably going to be properly announced um, soon soon i I'm, i don't want to dive in too prematurely but i've got a goal that i want to hit here before i do that and we're getting pretty close so i wasn't really expecting to hit it before the end of the year um and i think we're going to hit it well before the end of the year now so i'm stoked about that but also need to get my act together <laughs> so hopefully that will happen soon how's everyone's week been How's everyone been this week? I know I say that every week, but that's what this is. This is just banter between us. Uh, you know, it's us having a chat once a week. Um, I had a really good week this week. I I have to be perfectly honest with you. I haven't had the best few weeks. Um, it's been tough. It's been really, really tough. I was planning on making a YouTube video that because uh, I've been doing a lot of journaling lately. I think right now or recently and I th- I've, I've been talking to friends and talking to creative friends in particular and they seem like they're going through a similar sort of situation right now where it just like creativity is really hard to come by at the moment um, for me for a lot of my creative friends because it's not that we don't have anything to create because for a lot of us like in particular this podcast or anyone on YouTube or anyone in those sort of genres of creating. Obviously, I can't travel right now and that makes Instagram difficult, obviously. But I more mean like there's no reason why I can't be making a lot of the YouTube videos that I normally make. In fact, there's no reason why I can't. But I think that what a lot of us are experiencing is what I spoke about, I think, two episodes ago where it's like I don't think I really recognized how important um, creating freely was like going out on to shoot sunrise or shoot sunset or catching up with friends for a shoot or going away for a weekend or even just traveling in general i always knew it was important and i always knew it was like a, a big emotional boost for me i would always get back from those trips and and just feel fired up for a few days afterwards or a few weeks afterwards um and i just sort of i always acknowledged it and i was like okay that's a great side of my my work i'm very fortunate to be able to do that um i don't think i realized how valuable it was for the rest of my creativity i think i sort of just put that off to the side and i was like okay that's that's you know that's something that's awesome but it's not really super important to everything else that i do and now i'm recognizing like okay no that was a big part of everything else i did because it provided me so much uh emotional or psychological uh, like it's such a big psychological boost um, that it got me fired up to create the things that don't necessarily need those things. So, you know, normal YouTube videos. And I've been speaking to a lot of my creative friends and I think everyone's going through the same thing. Um, just, you know, anxiety is high. Stress is high. We're all sort of nervous. I'm sorry, there's a helicopter whirling up above me. I hope you guys can't hear that with the microphone, but I can hear it through my headphones. So fingers crossed. <laughs> you guys can't hear that. But yeah, I've just been, you know, anxious lately. Um, yeah, just having a, a tough few weeks. And I think this week I kind of just, I don't know. I actually don't know what the reason was. I don't have an explanation for you. I wish I did because, you know, this would be a fantastic way for me to be like, 
here's the solution, my creative friends. Here's everyone's solution, especially Melbourne and obviously everyone around the world goes through certain circumstances like this. I think that one of the things I can sort of find comfort in is that we're going to go through similar situations, maybe not as extreme as a full-scale lockdown, but you know, we all go through the feelings that are kind of put on tilt during this time. So this can be a good learning experience for everyone. And I wish I did have a solution. I wish I was like, this is what I did this week. This made me feel better. But honestly, it was just, I woke up one day and I just felt a calm, like a really calming feeling come over me. Um, And I can only really put it down to, I think emotionally and psychologically, I've just sort of come to terms with this situation um i think for a while i was sort of not uh not sort of disregarding it but kind of um kind of trying to to sort of ignore it or not ignore it like you know sort of just go through my try to continue my normal life as much as i could and i think that that's kind of been (laughs) something that for better or for worse for healthy or unhealthily that's probably something that i've done in the past is i tend to bury myself in my work i bury myself in my training and i think that that's what i was kind of doing for a while and it worked until i sort of got to the last few weeks where my creativity sort of evaporated and i was sort of left without work and left not capable like i could still certainly spend time making youtube videos and and doing this and that's why i'm incredibly thankful for this podcast because it is such a i hate using the word easy but it is easy for me (laughs) i really enjoy this i really really enjoy this form of creativity for me it is effortless is probably a better word for me it's very very normal and organic for me how bad is oh my god my youtube for everyone who's listening to this, go and look at my bloody watch tan. Ugh. I have the most defined watch tan line. Um, that's, I mean, that's probably another thing as well, is the weather has been so much nicer here in Melbourne. But yeah, I just, God, I completely lost my train of thought there. <laughs> my, my monitor distracted me. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I think that my yeah my my creativity sort of evaporated and i was left with um a lot of empty time um i was sort of combining that level of i was feeling frustrated because i couldn't create and i wasn't feeling like creating and and my you know the all the normal feelings of get up train go to work get my work done sort of the i like to work um i'm a very numerical person surprisingly um, like a very analytical and I like to plan and I like to have everything organized and it's sort of how my brain works. So I like to bring that into my creativity by, you know, planning my weeks and having time scheduled and all these sort of things set out and everything sort of working together. But the, the issue is, and I think that I'm probably, I'm probably going to talk about this a lot today is, um, is it all banks on my creativity? Uh, you know, I can sit down at my desk and and you know obviously there's the whole idea of like what I spoke to you guys last week about where it's like you know you've got to be a professional sometimes and it's like I only work when uh, the line that I read from the book it's like you only work when inspiration strikes but thankfully inspiration strikes at 9am every morning and I think that that's kind of what I need to do a little bit more of is is having 
taking my own advice and and having a little bit more of a professional mindset in the sense that yes i work when i'm feeling creative and inspired but thankfully that shows up every single day um for lesser or more amounts or whatever it is because obviously not every day is perfect but you know i just have recently especially the last few weeks just felt yeah like felt completely uncreative um so i sort of have been working through that and this week has been a lot better in that regard um so i hope you guys are doing well i hope all of you are sort of working through this because it is a tough time um and for everyone, because obviously, you know, wherever you are might be back to normal or back to a closer normal or even the rest of Australia seems to be a little bit better. But, you know, everything going on in the news, everything, you know, the rest of the world might be back, to, might not be back to normal. Your work might still be restricted because of things that are going on outside of your area's control. You know, there's all sorts of things going on to a lesser extent or to more of an extent. Um, so I think everyone sort of, you know, needs a bit of a pat on the shoulder. And I think that's the thing as well. I kind of just let the pressure off. I think I just, this week just decided it's like, you know, there's not much I can do about the situation. It's time to sort of take it as it is and, and, um, and learn to live with it and sort of do the best I can with the circumstances I'm dealt. And I think that that's kind of something that you can take a lot of pride in because that it has been, you know, something that has been, a commonplace in my life is is sort of doing the best with circumstances um you know and i think something i i wrote in my i'm probably going to make a video about this i have been trying to figure out how i want to make a video about it but i think something that's given me a lot of comfort and hopefully this will give you guys a lot of comfort as well is is the whole idea that your best work is not going to come from the best circumstances um, or doesn't need to come from the best circumstances. I think that's something that I've been tackling a lot with this year because I had such big plans um, for this year. You know, obviously I've achieved, not achieved a lot of the goals. Obviously things have sort of panned out differently. This podcast wasn't even something that I thought about. Obviously I always wanted to have a podcast and I always thought about it as something in the future, but it wasn't something that I thought I'd be 25 episodes in by September. Uh, something that I will probably be, you know, I'll have X, like something that's a big part of my business now. And I'm only sort of what, two thirds through the year. So the year has certainly panned out differently than I expected, but I did have a lot of big plans at the start of the year i wanted to shoot my first feature-length documentary which obviously can't happen now because there's no boxing going on um i wanted to i you know i wanted to have my course sorted i had plans for a lot of travels because obviously i finished last year with quite a bit of travel related work and that gave me the confidence to be like okay well 2020 could be a year where i do a lot more of that style of work and obviously immediately all three of those things are gone and i kind of have been tackling with that idea of how am I supposed to make work I can be proud of if I'm in suboptimal circumstances? How am I supposed to do things that I will, you know, be in love with for years to come if it's not made in situations that are optimal for those those sort of situations? And and I think something that I just said to myself this week, like I said, I spent a lot of time this week just journaling uh, in my moleskin and and just writing down my ideas and writing down thoughts and writing down you know potential scripts for videos and that sort of stuff and just sort of letting my creativity flow in in that 
way. So because when you're writing stuff down, it's like, yes, you can say you're writing a script, but it's completely, the pressure's non-existent. And I think that's why I enjoy this podcast so much because it is just, there's no pressure. There's no expectations. It's just make something, do something, get on here and talk. Um, And one of the things that I wrote down is that idea. And it's given me a lot of comfort this week. So if I can give you one thing, at the beginning of this podcast is is your best work does not need to come from the best circumstances. You know, maybe your best work will come from a situation that is completely accidental. Maybe your I, I like I love the idea of you know the the happy accidents in filmmaking or those moments that you don't expect to happen turning into pieces of footage that are your favorites for years to come. Um you know, I think one of the the things that I'm I'm sort of one of my favorite pieces of footage is Georgie and I, Georgie, my ex girlfriend, and I were at a place in Jarvis Bay, and it was pouring with rain, and we we're supposed to make content for this place, and we, you know, the plans had gone to shit because the weather was bad and everything was sort of going off, and I was like, well, why don't we just go and get some fruit and veggies and stuff like that, and we'll just we'll just film some lifestyle stuff. Um, here and see what we can make and all of that footage has now turned into probably my favorite footage I've ever recorded because it is just sort of there was no expectations there was no you know no thought no planning it was almost just like I was filming what I would normally be doing Um, so that's kind of what I want to try and give you guys at the start of this is just if you are a creator and I assume a lot of you are but if even if you're not you know don't you know, there is still a chance that your favorite piece of work that you've ever created will come out of these times. Um, you know, I think there's also the other thing as well. It's like, I, I love the idea that you might be a photographer now, but maybe you're a podcaster or maybe you're a musician or maybe you're incredibly talented at drawing or maybe you're a brilliant tattoo artist. Like there's always the possibility that you're you're almost there. You're at the point where it's like you feel like you're happy or fulfilled in your creativity, but you, even if you just push it a little bit further, if you just keep searching just that tiny little bit, then you'll find something that you're exceptional at and you enjoy even more than where you are right now. And I think that that's kind of another you know cool opportunity of these times is pick up a guitar, start playing, practice singing, do something that you haven't done before, spend some time, you know, doing stuff that you you wouldn't otherwise be doing. So, yeah. (laughs) I didn't expect to go on that much of a rant early on in the podcast, but here we are. I wanted to talk about my reading as well, because last week I, I have to confess with you guys, last week I told you that I had finished The War of Art. And in reality, I was about 75% of the way through and I regret this immensely now because the remaining 25% of that book was some of the best reading I have ever done and I did not do that book justice. <laughs> I spoke about that book so highly because I was really enjoying it and I expected to finish it after I finished recording the podcast so I was kind of comfortable talking about it as if I'd finished it and I have to be honest with you guys the last 25% of that book is just phenomenal um i honestly i some of the most profound reading i've done i'm not uh and i'm i hate talking about religion and politics and stuff on on my because i don't want to i don't want to i 
I'm the type of person, and I think that this will sort of, if you are a religious person, um, I'm just the type of person that I don't give a sh- I don't care <laughs> what you believe in. I don't care what you want to do. I don't care what you want to be. I don't care at all. I'm just concerned that you're not hurting anyone else. As long as you're not hurting anyone, as long as you're not affecting anyone, as long as you're not lying or manipulating or doing stuff to hurt people, as long as you're not doing that, then I don't care. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. But I'm just not a religious person. And I read this part of the book and I was kind of in the prelog, prelog, prologue or pro whatever the start of the book is i should know this but i don't off the top of my head right now he talks about how um or the 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 guy that was writing the prologue talks about how the last part of the book is quite religious heavy there's a lot of god talk and i was a bit nervous for it and i was like okay this is going to be something that i'm going to zone out on and and not really enjoy as much and and i started it and it was phenomenal. I honestly finished to that part of the book and I was like, I think I'm religious now. And obviously I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but I I highly, highly, highly recommend that book. Highly recommend that book. Um, it, the You know, the talk of a lot of it is based around, obviously, the simple stuff of, um, of creativity and turning pro and creative resistance and all that sort of real stuff that a lot of us creators feel. But the last part of it, it talks about, you know, what it means to be a creative, what it means to, uh, you know, what creativity means, where it comes from, like a very sort of deep and, and very, uh, you know, it has very heavy religious undertones, but I, I really enjoyed it and found it quite profound. So I, I, I highly, highly recommend that book. I've also started reading The Obstacle is Away, and I know I talked about that one as, a few weeks ago as well, but at the time I was I was reading um, uh, Hold Me Tight and Atomic Habits, and I was just, I was heavy in those books. I loved each, both of those books. So I kind of just put the obstacles away. I just stopped reading it and restarted and thought I'll come back to it later. So I started reading that and I've also just bought, uh, because of, I was very tentative about reading Ego is the Enemy, not because I don't believe in it or anything like that, but I was kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I feel like talking, Ego is a tough topic to cover and not just sound super super um airy fairy (laughs) is kind of my opinion of it but after reading uh the war of art i was like oh my god i need to read more of this sort of stuff i need to read a lot more of this sort of stuff so i've just purchased uh the ego is the enemy by ryan holiday and also do the work uh by stephen pressfield another one of his books he's i think he has three three non-fiction books so i've purchased both the other non-fiction books from stephen pressfield so i'm super excited to get into those um but yeah i i cannot cannot reckon i would if i could i would make uh the war of art uh compulsory reading (laughs) for everyone i'm going to be recommending that book to as many people as i can because it, it honestly has it's probably responsible for a lot of the the lift in mood that I've felt this week because it is just kind of a very profound read and a very very comforting read in that sense of the word. This week, the main topic that I wanted to talk about, um, and obviously we had the start of this this podcast that was kind of a, a main topic within itself. So I hope you enjoyed that because that was completely off the cuff and I didn't expect to talk about that. But this kind of branches off that in a similar vein 
Um, I wanted to talk about what to make when you don't know what to make. <laughs> I want to talk about that topic there because I think it, especially with this week, I kind of sat down and and this is something that I've been struggling with a lot for the last few weeks. This is not something that's been new, but I've sort of struggled coming up with video ideas and things to talk about and, and what to make a video on. And it got me thinking a lot about, you know, the rat race of creativity these days and how people are creative these days and how you go about coming up with ideas and and what to post and the timeline of doing everything. And I think that, you know, I don't think there's ever been a time in history where creativity has been as fast-paced and as accessible as it has right now. I think the demand for, for content over time has has increased and because of that demand increase you know the supplies followed suit like the there's more people making more content and more people consuming more of that content and i think one of the byproducts of that is how quickly everyone expects to do it to be competitive these days you have to not only be exceptionally talented but you have to be sort of you know you you have to have your finger in as many pla- your hands in as many places as possible you know the I, the reason why i started this podcast in the first place was because i wanted to give the followers of instagram and the followers of my youtube channel a place where they can find another place where they can consume my content because the underlying thing of theme of social media and the advice that you hear a lot in a lot of the books that you read and a lot of the videos that you watch on social media is you want to give people as many opportunities to touch base with you as possible per week you know how many times are you at the forefront of someone's mind how many times are they listening to you talk reading one of your captions looking at one of your photos and i think that that is good and bad because i think that it's you know the majority i think one of the things i thought about this week and especially whilst i was coming up with my video idea for my youtube channel is i i couldn't help but feel um a sense of i couldn't help but feel like a bit of a fraud whilst I was sort of coming up with YouTube video ideas and not in the sense that like I don't believe in what I'm saying it's not that it's in the sense of like I don't want to make something I don't care about and I think that that kind of made me realize like I I never like I don't find any fulfillment in in just making something for the sake of making something and I think there is kind of a a place where people can become, you know, there's never been more people making a full-time income. There's never been more people supporting themselves full-time off their creativity. And I think that that's incredible. I think that that's the best thing to ever happen. I do not think there's ever been a better time in history to be a creative. I think it's an incredible time to be a creative person. In fact, I think it's one of the best ways to be right now. If you're a creative right now, you've won the fucking jackpot, man. Like you are as far as all of history and all the different types of person you could be right now, being a creative is incredible. But I think that, you know, I think that you, there's multiple ways that you can do this. There's multiple ways that you can go about this. And I think that right now, that fast paced, that high energy way of creating, 
the the urgency to be creating daily and the concentration on on having as your hands in as many pots as possible i think that that works for the majority but i think that the the most successful creatives the most successful people out there are still the exact same type of creatives as the most successful were 20, 30, 40 years ago. And I think that that is worth paying attention to. That's kind of what I was feeling this week. And not that I think that I'm the most successful creative, not at all. It's that I want to create in a way that I find fulfillment in the work that I'm creating. And I think that that is kind of the mentality switch. Because I think there are people that can run off the dopamine of followers and likes and and all that sort of stuff. I think that there are plenty of people that can quite happily work in the rat race of, you know, making for a content schedule or an upload schedule and, you know, working with the patterns of whatever algorithm they're trying to consume on or whatever algorithm they're trying to create on. But for me personally... I don't think that that's conducive to creating my best work. You know, I I think that it can make you successful. I think it can make you very successful, which is why I wanted to talk about this because if it was as black and white as if you do this, you will achieve this or if you do this, you won't achieve this. I think that you can be successful (laughs) and have the hustle mindset of I'm going to make as much as I possibly can and you can also be incredibly successful and have the mindset of I'm only going to make something that leaves me feeling fulfilled and this whole podcast might just be me trying to give an excuse for the reason why I haven't made any YouTube content and that's also very very likely probably most likely but um, I think that that's kind of something you should be paying attention to you know creativity isn't predictable creativity as much as we wish uh like we could it's what i talked about earlier it's like i can be as as planned and as analytical and as organized as i possibly can i can do everything right i can you know get up at five o'clock go and get my training done get to my desk by 8 30 a.m have my breakfast and coffee there ready to go have everything you know clean slate clean desk everything organized everything ready to go and if my creativity doesn't show up then, you know, all of that preparation isn't for nothing, obviously, but it's it can't help. It's not going to turn my creativity on like a switch. But I think that that's why we enjoy this. I think that I heard this great thing on, on Joe Rogan's podcast recently. Uh, it was talking about how uh, Post Malone was describing why he wants to be creative is, I want to feel like I'm in complete control, even though you're not necessarily in control. And I know that that sounds bizarre, but that is kind of a creative life. It's like, you know, your your work isn't necessarily, your work isn't transactional. You know, what you put in is not like, it's not like clocking in a, at a job where you put an hour in and you get $50 in return. It's more like you go, you're going to make as much as you can and hopefully find the fruits of your labor eventually. And that, in every sense of the word, is out of control. You're not in control of how much you get paid, when you get paid. Obviously, there's there's you know levels to this. It's like you can be a, a freelancer where, yes, it's very transactional. Or you can be a YouTuber where it's not very transactional. And I think that, yes, there's that out of control element. But at the end of the day, you're completely in control of what you're doing. And I think that that's why we're creatives. And I think that if 
creativity were predictable, I think if you could depend on it, a lot of us wouldn't be attracted to it because we are the type of people that are attracted to that unpredictability that comes with being a creative. You know, I, I have always sort of, you know, been... <laughs> I think that that's why I'm attracted to this. I think that's why I enjoy this job is because it is kind of in every sense of the word unpredictable and sort of out of control. I think there's times where I certainly don't enjoy that element of it. I think right now is probably one of those times. I don't think I'm someone that can live being completely out of control, but I think that I have to have at least an element of it. I have to have a part of my life that's kind of unpredictable and unplanned and unscheduled and I'm in control of that unpredictability. Does that make sense? I hope that kind of (laughs) doesn't come across like I'm just saying an oxymoron and hoping that somehow I'll be able to make it make sense. But it is, I heard him say that and I was like, oh, that makes complete sense. That is like, okay, that's an explanation for why you know, as unpredictable and as much as there are times where I wish I could sort of go and just get a job. (laughs) As much as I have those thoughts every now and again, where it would be so much less stressful, it would be so much easier, my life would be so much more predictable. As much as I, you know, things like that are attractive in a sense, I don't think I would ever trade this unpredictability for something more stable. And I think that that is what gets me caught so much. I think that's what kind of draws <laughs> draws a lot of my, or is where a lot of my creative anxieties come from and where a lot of my, you know, <laughs> where, why there's a lot of a, you know, often a lack of content from me is because, you know, on one side of me, I think back to my early days as a creative. I think back to, you know, painting or drawing as a kid where I'd, you know, I was capable of losing hours and hours, capable of losing days on a single drawing. And, and it was never planned. There was never time carved out for it. There was never, you know, I was never organized on, and there was no, no one was depending on me. There was no expectations. It was just creating. It was just pure and unorganized creativity that was just driven into whatever was in front of me in that moment. And there's a part of me that finds that very attractive. There's part of me that looks back at that time and goes, I want to have an element of that back in my life now. But there's also the side of me that looks at, you know, people that are more of the relentless type. You know, there's been (laughs) countless times where I've told a lot of my creative friends that, it's honestly just about putting out enough content until you're capable of doing something successful. There's the the mentality that I've talked about where quality will come from quantity. I've talked about this multiple times. The idea of being a relentless artist, the idea of being a creative person who's capable of working like an accountant or has an accountant-like work ethic. I think that that is also very attractive to me. And I'm caught in these two worlds where there's that inner very creative person who's very dependent on pure and unorganized creativity that's just sort of very organic and raw and just wants to be sat in front of a project and work on that relentlessly. And then there's also the part of me that is very attracted to that style of content creation that is very 
very attractive these days because that often will make you successful. If you're on a platform like YouTube, you have to be the relentless type. You you can't be, and I mean, yes, there's the potential for you to be an exceptional artist and there's a potential for your art to carry you beyond what's capable on that platform. You know, there's people like Sam Calder and all sorts of people that create exceptional work so it kind of goes above and beyond, but I don't think those are the type of people that you can sort of draw from. I think I have a very, <laughs> I was about to say I have a realistic mentality, but here I am, I'm a creative person. So I don't think any of us ever have a realistic mentality. It's like, I think that a lot of us have the opposite where we completely disregard. It's that idea that I talked about, the ignorant ambition. I think that that is why we're so attracted to people like that because we don't really see that to achieve what they have it's like the idea of, I love saying this to my creative friend or to, to people wanting to do social media. It's like, if you went to an acting class and then you finished your acting class that day and you were like, I'm going to be Leonardo DiCaprio tomorrow or next week or in a year, people would laugh you out the door. It's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. Whereas people start social media or start a YouTube account and they're like, I'm going to be Logan Paul or PewDiePie or I'm going to be Peter McKinnon in a year. It's like, no, you're not. (laughs) That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen because they are the 1% of their industry. So comparing them to the 1% of any industry, everyone would laugh you out the door. But for some reason on the social media side of things, there's kind of this ignorance that happens. And I think it's a good thing. I think that there is parts of it where it's like, you've kind of got to be a little bit angry a little bit ignorant because the odds are stacked against you. You know, people call this market oversaturated. People call creativity in general something that is inherently risky as a career. And it is inherently risky. I'll be the first one to admit there are parts of this job that, you know, like I said, there are times where I wish that I could go and get a job. There are parts of this job that are exceptionally risky. There's a lot of risk that you take on when you accept to do something like this. But I think that that's kind of part and parcel to a creative person. I think a creative person kind of has that mentality built in. So, you know, I'm in two minds at the moment. I'm I'm sort of on one side of me, yeah, it's that mentality of I only want to make YouTube content or I only want to make content that I'm extremely proud of and extremely happy with. And then there's a the mentality of like, I would just want to be a relentless artist. And I think that I'm just kind of beginning to show myself more and more, especially with this podcast, is that... I think that that precious mentality, that idea of like, I'm going to do this, you know, only when I'm inspired, only when I'm feeling creative, only when things are kind of perfect. I think it comes back to what I spoke about at the start of this podcast. It's, I think that that's just my perfectionism kicking in. And I think it's a, a little bit of my creative resistance kicking in. I think it's me making excuses in my own mind for why I'm not doing something and kind of conjure up, trying to conjure up this, you know, this romantic idea of what creativity means when in reality it's like, I think that there's, and something that I've sort of concluded is that I don't think there is, I think that everyone that you sort of see that you might consider as uh, like the the romantic creative, you know, the the most successful people. I was reading uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell and this kind of made it very, very obvious to me because I kind of had this idea that it's like there's there's the majority which are kind of the hardworking people but then there's the people where their work kind of surpasses 
or gives you know their work is so good that it means that they they rise higher than everyone else automatically and i think that there is an element of that i think there is certainly an element of that i think that there's certainly people that are just incredibly talented and their talent supersedes everything else or the expectations of what you're supposed to do to achieve x in whatever industry but i read this part of this book that talked about the beatles and <laughs> you know it said that they you know the beatles arguably the most legendary music group in history it said that they attribute a lot of their success to uh the hamburg crucible now the hamburg crucible is what they described as their time in hamburg where they were playing in strip clubs so they played for i think it was i can't remember how many years it was but for a large chunk of time they played usually seven days a week and for eight to ten hour sets and for someone who's, I've never done music, so I can't really comprehend what that means, but I can only imagine that an eight to 10 hour set would mean that you would have to be one of the most versatile bands capable of entertaining a crowd for that long. And obviously they were playing in strip clubs, so it's people coming in, people barely paying attention. You could probably play the same songs over and over again, but I don't think that undermines how exceptionally difficult that must have been. And the thing that blew my mind is the statistic that um, that he put out at the end of this book, Malcolm Gladwell, where he said that by the time that they became a household name, or by the time they found any success, by the time they were, you know, doing anything that even resembled success, they had performed twelve hundred times live. The Beatles before they signed any record deals or did anything, and I'm probably butchering this because I'm not a big Beatles fan. I haven't really listened to much of their music. I'm not a nutter. So if you are a nutter, correct me. But I, they, it said that they had performed 1,200 times, which is you know way more times than most bands ever perform in their careers. And they had done it before they even found any success. And I think that that kind of made me realize it's like, people see the Beatles from the outside looking in. I think that's probably an exceptional example is because, you know, everyone knows the Beatles. So I'm going to use their example as the exception to the rule is like I usually or have or always would have, unless I read that, seen their music as kind of like, okay, they're just iconic. They're, they're a band that were just so exceptionally talented or tapped into a feeling or a gen, like a general vibe. And that is a lot of the time what happens is they just tap into a feeling or tap into the way society is feeling or the way people want to hear music in that time. It's kind of like the right place at the right time. Someone like Elvis Presley, for example, right place at the right time. He was the, the perfect person to be performing that type of music at that time because the world really wanted that new form rock and roll music but i think beatles are like kind of made me realize in reading about that because i would have always looked at their music as like okay they're just an exceptional example of talent but after reading that i was like no they're they're not they're they're the example of a group or a band that paid their dues and were relentless they found their quality through sheer quantity and i think that i kind of after reading that kind of had to sit back and go okay well yeah <laughs> that makes sense and i think that 
a lot of what I have spoken about. And I'm coming to this revelation as I'm talking about this because I did not plan on my my, my opinion to, to shift in this direction. But I think that a lot of my mentality towards this, a lot of my romantic view of creativity, I think it's just been creative resistance. I think it's me being making excuses for why I haven't felt particularly creative lately. And I think, like I said at the start of this episode, I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling uncreative right now. I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. But I also like to remind myself that my best work doesn't necessarily have to come from the best circumstances. Um, And I think that that's kind of comforting to know. I'm a little bit lost now because I didn't really plan on on my opinion shifting like this halfway through the podcast. But, you know, I mean, I think that it's, it's it's good in a sense. I was going to like, look, look, look at it this way. I don't think that this sort of modern style of creativity, here's what we'll, here's what we'll do for the rest of the episode, because I've, I didn't plan on my opinion shifting like this. I don't, I, I do think above and beyond in every example, I think that Quality will come from quantity. I think that putting your 10,000 hours in is the be-all and end-all of achieving any sort of creative creative success. I think that you'll find on the whole that people can sort of, I love the, you know, people can jump the gun. People can have, you know, bouts of success in the beginning. But I think that all of the pieces that have to come together for you to be successful, I've, I've sort of come to terms with this recently because I didn't, have exceptional success early on but i by every instagram allowed me to sort of jump start my creative career you know in the first two years i had built an audience and 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 a following and sort of was starting to make money because of it and i think that i think that what i was failing to recognize is that all the pieces that have to come together for you to be successful as an artist take 10,000 hours. So yes, you might build your audience with 3,000 hours, but then you've got to spend 3,000 hours building your brand. Like who are you? What are you? What does your brand represent? What's your creative flair? What is your creative style? And I think that that might take 3,000 hours. And then you spend another 4,000 hours building your creative agility, building your ability to sort of adapt and and do things that are sort of outside of just the creative process. And I think that I think that that's kind of been something that I needed to remind myself of is because I think that the issue and something that I can sort of still continue with this theme of this podcast or the initial <laughs> direction that I wanted to take this podcast is that I think social media and and this modern style of of creativity, and I'll call it modern because it is sort of, you know, this 24-hour content cycle, this sort of new way of creating, you know, I don't think it's conducive of creating your best work. I think that because we're we're so married to algorithms and we're so married to platforms and and you know what might work on here might not work on there and and you you can create your best work but if your audience isn't wrapped around it i don't think that you can sort of i really don't think you can weigh your success off social media 
And I think that I can still stick to that point because that kind of was my point that I wanted to talk about today is that I I kind of, you know, no artist has ever made their masterpiece in 24 hours, I think is the general theme of this. And I think that that's kind of what I want to talk about is that you still need to put your 10,000 hours in. And I think that you can certainly you know pander to these platforms and you can certainly create in a way that works on these platforms and there are sort of not cheat codes but kind of ways for you to be successful but i think that if you take all the pieces of the puzzle if you take everything that goes into the overall ability for you to find success as a creative person if you take you know, your style and your flair and your audience and your time and all of the things that are required. I think that, you know, success on a social media platform is only a small percentage of that overall picture. But I think that if you combine the rest of it, if you combine all the other pieces, put it this way. If I have, in one hand, I have everything that is required for me to do over the course of my 10,000 hours for me to be a successful artist. And then in the other hand, it's how can I pander to these social media platforms as much as possible? I think that if I was to put together the perfect content strategy with the perfect thumbnails and the perfect videos and the perfect content and, and stick to a strict theme and do everything correct, and then I think if I were to be someone who has all of the bases organized and has put in their 10,000 hours, I don't think there was, would be much disparity on social media platforms between those two types of people. And I think a really good example of that is, is Shortstash. Garrett King on Instagram is one person that I look at that I go, that's someone who has put in their 10,000 hours. Because not only are they successful on social media, of course they're successful on social media, but if you look at why they're successful on social media, I think it says way more about his creative journey than his numbers do on social media because he has a brand, he has a style, he has a theme, he has a a voice. He has a creative voice that is consistent across his work that can only really be attained from putting in your 10,000 hours, from putting in years of time into creating his creative voice. And I think that that's kind of what makes him successful on social media. And I think that that's kind of the dis- the dis- the difference I was trying to find here is you can be successful or as successful as Garrett but not have that same sort of creative flair or that creative voice or not have the same amount of fulfillment. And I think that that's kind of what I... I think that that's kind of the epiphany I was hoping to hit with this is that, yes, I need to shut up and create content, but there is kind of that that I need to concentrate on... I need to continue to focus on developing my craft. And I think that you can only develop your craft by stepping outside of social media, by stepping outside of what's required on these platforms, you know, stepping outside of the 24-hour content cycle, stepping outside of your weekly upload schedule. I think that you need to do that to maintain, you know, to maintain your progress. Because if I think of a progress bar and the the end zone is complete creative 
let's just say success or you've you've become a the best version or the best creative version of you that you possibly can be. You've developed the the perfect style for you. You enjoy your work. You're finding fulfillment in it and you're creating your best work. I think that if you were to take someone and put them on the rat race of creating content for Instagram and YouTube and then take someone and let them create, I think that the person who's just creating would get there a lot faster. I'm not here to whine and moan about the algorithms. I'm really not here to whine and moan about the algorithms. I really, you know, like I said, I don't think there's ever been a better time in human history to be an artist. Um, You know, the fact that it's so accessible for people to make money and make a good amount of money with their creativity, I think that that's phenomenal. I don't think there is anything I could say that's bad about that, that the way that history has gone. I don't think there is anything bad I can say about social media in that regard. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I I can't think of any reason why you wouldn't be on social media. If you're a creative person, I cannot think of any reason why you wouldn't be on social media. And I hate the, the whole... I don't hate it, but, you know, the social media detox and that sort of thing, I think it, I think it sort of is ignorant to the, to the benefits that it brings. I think there are plenty of benefits to it, but I also think that you have to step outside of it to let yourself create your best work, to get yourself to the point where you are a creative who is achieving, getting the most out of themselves. I want all of you to become the best creative that you can be, get the most potential out of yourselves. And I think that you have to do that by stepping outside of the 24-hour content cycle. So I think I've got I've got three pieces of advice that I wanted to give to each of you or three pieces of advice that is probably just going to be me reminding myself that I need to do each of these things. Um, because... I want to start doing this more. I don't want to be someone who's just sort of whining about the algorithm, but I also don't want to be someone who's just pandering to it. So there's three pieces of advice that I wanted to give you guys in regards to those. The first one that I wanted to talk about is make time for, for long-term projects. I think one of one easy way that you can sort of step outside of the 24-hour content cycle, I think one way that you can sort of take yourself outside of social media and give yourself the opportunity to create content that is very you and very organic to you and very orientated around the type of creative that you actually want to be. A good example of this is is like, I love taking portraits. If I was to listen to my social media, me posting and sharing and creating portraits is followers suicide it's it's instagram suicide on my instagram account every single time i post a portrait i lose hundreds of followers like that <laughs> every single time but i enjoy making those and i'm really proud of them every single time i i see a finished portrait i look at that and i'm like that's a beautiful image i really enjoy it so that's me i kind of came to the conclusion this week i was like like that's that's that represents a small piece of the content creator or the photographer that I want to be. So I would rather lose those followers and have them be replaced by people that like my creative voice that includes all those other themes than I would be happy to just pander to that algorithm or pander to my current sort of audience and go, okay, I'm only going to post 
content that they want to see. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I think that that's kind of a comfort that you can find is there's always an opportunity for you to progress, but you kind of need to sort of step outside of what Instagram is telling you to do or YouTube is telling you to do. But one way that you can do that without (laughs) having to commit Instagram suicide is is by making time for long-term projects. One of the things that I've found a lot of fulfillment in is is even though I'm not able to shoot my documentary that I wanted to shoot this year, I've done a lot of pre-production on it and I'm constantly sort of working on it in the background and working on things that sort of take a little bit longer, working on projects that take me two weeks rather than one week or take me a a lot longer than that. And I think that that's kind of a way that you you can start to, you know, Stop chasing the instant gratification of your next Instagram post. Stop chasing the instant gratification of likes. Because I think that that's kind of a uh, something that you can get caught in and something that I, I kind of was really terrified of a while ago. I think like last year, it frightened me. Is the fact that you can lose weeks and weeks and weeks chasing that daily gratification of your next post and realize that you haven't actually done anything in weeks that is moving your career forward, um, that is developing your creative style, that is further developing your creative voice. Because like I said, you can follow the trend of whatever your audience is liking in that moment. And oftentimes the audience is liking what you just posted or what you have been posting. They just want the same thing over and over again, the same thing over and over and over again. It's repeat action. I think that's the thing that I noticed is that repeat action is literally the exact antagonist to creativity. Doing the same thing over and over again is the exact opposite of what creativity means, or at least means to me. In my mind, being creative is being original and or and experimental and having that adventurous originality about you. It's it's getting doing something and figuring out in the process and pushing yourself constantly to do something a little bit better than the last time you did it. And I think that the thing that social media encourages is for you to do the same shit over and over again. And the downside of that is you can lose weeks hunting for that instant gratification. You can lose hours and and days and weeks of your time and wake up and suddenly notice that you've gone another month or another six months or another year and you haven't actually done anything to progress as a creative person. You've just been doing the same shit over and over again. You might have followers. You might have a little bit of money as well because of those followers, but have you actually become closer to the type of creative person you want to be? I need to preface all of this by saying that I... I'm fully aware that this sounds <laughs> a lot like I'm trying to make excuses for the fact that I don't always have Instagram content to post. I don't always have YouTube videos to post. I'm fully aware of that, but I think that it's worth talking about because I think that all the people that I really admire, all the people that I really look up to as creative people, they have their own creative voice. They have their own creative style. They have something a feel, a vibe, I hate the word vibe, they have they have a feeling that is synonymous with their brand. And I think that that can only be achieved by exploring your creativity, by being original, by letting yourself create without the expectations of social media, without the, the desires of the algorithms or without pandering or being married to whichever site or platform you're using in that moment. I think you have to have that sort of 
originality or adventurous creativity about you. And I think that that can be achieved by making time for bigger projects. And those bigger projects don't have to be anything in particular. It can be a photo book. It can be a photo series. It can be a film that's entirely independent, something that you want to make yourself. It can be a mural. It can be a big painting. It can be whatever. It just needs to be something that takes you longer than the content cycle takes, something that will take you a while. For me, it's my documentary. And I also spend a lot of time on things like edits and drawing and painting and things that take me a little bit longer per project, things that I can really step away from and sort of acknowledge that this is going to be a process that is going to take me a lot longer than anything that I could post in a week on YouTube or anything that I could post in a day on Instagram. And I think that's an easy way to sort of step outside of that and, and try to get closer to the creative person that you want to be. The second one is let ideas come to you, stop chasing them. And again, this is probably something that I am probably just saying to myself because I don't want to acknowledge the fact that I am struggling to make content on YouTube. But there is that I don't like how you can sort of get stuck, you know, clutching at ideas you know, clutching it, something to make just because you need something to post. You know, how many times, or I'm talking to myself at this point, but there have been so many times where I've gone to make a YouTube video for the sake of making a YouTube video, or I've gone and looked at other people's content as idea hunting for my own content rather than letting those ideas come to me. And of course, you need to be, and I am, I have if anyone, if any of you use Notion, I use Notion religiously for all of my ideas. I'm constantly filling this thing with ideas throughout the day. I'm not talking about the whole airy-fairy idea of I'm only going to create when I'm feeling inspired to create. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, have a way for you to capture your ideas, but don't sort of sit down and create with the intention of creating a video. Does that make sense? It's like, I would much rather, you know, use something like Notion where, for example, this idea, this idea came to me because I was hunting for an idea for a video and I was like, this doesn't feel right. This feels icky. This feels gross of me to be looking at other people's content or looking at what has done well on YouTube or looking at what has done well for my podcast and trying to develop an idea from that. That felt gross. So I, in that moment, in that organic moment, I came up with the idea of, what if I made a video? What if I made a podcast about making a podcast, about making a video or about coming up with an idea? And I think that by having a way for you to capture your ideas, having a way for you to record them and, and having that be very organic and raw with something like Notion or with something like a journal can help you to sort of step outside of that cycle of, you know, because how many times, and this happens a lot, is like, I feel like people make, you know, people find a lot of inspiration for their content from other people's content. And I love the quote by uh, Dan Mace that said, it's like, no video should ever be inspired by another video. You should always try and find inspiration or find your ideas from, it can be from other mediums. I, for example, I find a lot of inspiration for my content through music. I'm one of those people and I heard this from someone, what did I, I can't remember who's, YouTube channel it was, but I was watching this video this week that resonated with me a lot is my general vibe is like <laughs> sad, but happy, like happily sad. Like I really enjoy that style of music. I really enjoy that sort of, I love to finish a song 
and I'm emotional, but I'm happy that I'm emotional. I like to be, I like songs that make me cry. I like songs that make me think. I like songs that make me feel something. And that's always been my biggest inspiration with my YouTube content and something that I'm trying to get closer to now because I have in the past just made YouTube content because I was inspired by what was doing well. I was inspired by the fact that people were succeeding with tutorials and people were succeeding with productivity content and people were succeeding with this and that and all that sort of jazz. And I was just like, I watched this video this week and I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. It's like you should find inspiration from other mediums because usually that's an indication of what you're actually naturally inclined or your natural inclination is leaning towards and for me it's content that makes you feel something it's very emotional content it's very thought-provoking content i enjoy creating something that i would love to finish a video and be like i'm sad right now but i'm also very happy in the fact that i'm feeling this and that probably sounds bizarre and I hope I don't sound sad and upset because I'm really not. This is something that I've had my entire life. I love listening to music that makes me cry. I love listening to music that makes me upset. I love that feeling of being, or I'm not in love with the feeling, but I I am usually quite happy or content in feeling emotional sometimes. And I've always just, I've always said, it's like I've always describe myself as someone who is very emotional and I think that that's kind of something that can be you can find inspiration through you can find what you naturally lean towards through other mediums of work rather than through your your competitors you know I don't think that I would figure that out by going and watching YouTube videos because the most successful YouTube videos aren't necessarily going to be what's going to be most successful for me what's going to be most successful for me is me creating in a style that I'm, you know, I find, you know, creating in a style that is very relatable for me or creating in a style that's very conducive to my natural way of being or the way that I think or the way that I feel. And I think that by letting your ideas come to you rather than chasing your own ideas is sort of a good way to to do that, a really good way to sort of let yourself do that. The last one that I wanted to talk about is 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 create for you as often as you can. Um, something that I have tried to do a lot more of this week, especially, but also just this year with everything going on, is leave time to create for me. And when I say create for for you, I don't mean like <laughs> you know create something that inspires you or whatever. I mean create without the intention of sharing it anywhere. Create. Because you, you know, this is what I mean by when I was speaking about, you know, as a kid, you know, that creative energy that you'd have as a kid, um, that very organic sort of just creating for the sake of creating. I think that that's kind of what I mean here. And for me, it's my drawing. Um, I, I draw a lot. And the reason why I draw a lot is because I like to design my tattoos. If you're on the YouTube channel, I I design or have designed most of my tattoos with the exception of uh, this one on my arm. I'm not going to show my tattoos now, but I, I have designed most of them. And I think that, that that act, the drawing, is something that provides me with a lot of creative clarity. It provides me with a lot of... And it's another reminder that I'm... <laughs> a little bit of an emotional person because a lot of my tattoos, a lot of my drawings are very 
not emotional, but built upon emotional stories, built upon things that I, you know, I look at them and I'm like, that is very powerful to me. These drawings are very powerful for me. But I think that deeper than that, it is just an opportunity for you to be creative for the sake of being creative. And I think that that is so incredibly important for you as a creative person because you have to carve out that part of yourself for you. You have to have a part of your creativity that is protected and it's just yours. Because I think when you're, especially these days, when all everything that you do is so open source, everything that you do is so orientated around how is this going to affect other people, you can slowly sort of start to lose your voice and lose your style and lose what you create for in exchange for whatever is going to be most successful in that moment for whatever platform you're married to at that time. But I think by keeping a corner of your creativity reserved for you, it helps with that. And it doesn't need to be just waste. It doesn't need to feel like a waste of time. For you, obviously, I'm not trying to encourage all of you to start getting tattooed. That's not a very, you know, <laughs> it's probably not going to be particular. Um, I'd imagine that a lot of your partners and parents aren't going to be particularly happy with me, depending on how old you are, if I was to encourage all of you to start going out and getting tattooed. But for me, I find a lot of fulfillment or at least motivation to do it because I know that if I sit down and draw at least once a week, that I'm probably going to come up with a cool tattoo design and that motivates me to do it, but it's still just for me. You know, at the very most, the tattoos, you know, at the very most, my drawings are going to turn into something that goes on my skin. That's the very most that they're going to be used for which is in every sense of the word, a piece of creativity that's for me. It's literally a piece of creativity that's going to become part of me. And I think that that's kind of a a really good way that you can sort of reconnect or at least get your practice in and have it be very organic to the type of creator that you want to be and have it be far closely or far closer related to where you want to go with your creativity. Because I think that that is kind of something that something that uh, is kind of lost at the moment, and I, you know, I see, you know, I, I, I want to bring it back to that <laughs> what I spoke about um, at the start of this episode is the, you know, I think that you can you can end up getting trapped on social media, you can end up getting not just trapped in your style. But it's it's a far quicker route to success than what would normally happen if social media weren't to be here. Like I talked about, it's like with the Beatles. It's like they put their eight to 10 hours a day, seven days a week for 1,200 live performances before they found any success. That's something that in today's time is incomprehensible because people jump on social media and they're like, I'm going to be... I'm going to have X amount of followers in X weeks or X months or X years. I'm going to have this amount of money in this amount of time. I'm going to achieve this really, really quickly because he achieved this really, really quickly. It's like, you know someone who did it and they managed to get to 100,000 followers in six months and you're like, I'm going to do that. It's like, that's so much quicker than what it actually takes to be a successful creative that you kind of skip everything that's super, super important for you finding your creative voice. Now, I'm not undermining it. I'm not undermining it at all because I want to 
try to keep that consistent in the sense that I still do not think there has ever been a better time in history of being an artist. I do not think that there is any possible reason why you shouldn't be on social media if you're a creative person. If you are a musician, a photographer, a filmmaker, a drawer, a tattoo artist, whatever you are, whatever you do, you should be on social media. But, and it's a big but, I think that you need to keep in mind that for you to be the best possible creative, you need to still go through that process of attaining your 10,000 hours. Now, yes, you might get 3,000 hours in and you've got 100,000 followers and you're making a good living and you're doing something that makes you happy, but you've still got to get those six or seven more hours in, 7,000 more hours in because in those 7,000 hours, you might discover that, hey, I was a filmmaker for the first 3,000 hours and I really enjoyed doing filmmaking and it got me a little bit a little bit of a success, but maybe I'm supposed to be a musician or maybe I'm supposed to be a tattoo artist or maybe I'm supposed to be a painter. And I think that it's kind of, or it's very necessary to think that because you can sort of get golden handcuffs. <laughs> you can end up with golden handcuffs because you can pick up a camera and six months later have 10, 20, 30, 50, 100,000 followers and be making good money and have an audience that's depending on you and suddenly recognize that, oh shit, I don't actually enjoy this that much. You know, I just picked it. I only just started this in the grand scheme of my entire career, comparing it to every other career out there. I'm just a baby. I'm only just starting. Hell, I've only been doing this for four years. The I only picked up a camera, not even three and a half. I think it's, yeah, three and a half years. I picked up a camera three and a half years ago. In the grand scheme of everyone else's careers in every other industry all around the world, I am a baby. I am a rookie. And I think that it took me reminding myself of that this year that you cannot compare yourself to, you know, you cannot compare yourself to someone who's achieved a little bit more than you because I think that I just haven't put, I haven't put in the hours yet. I haven't put in my 10,000 hours yet. There's no way that I could be as successful as I wanted to be because I haven't put in the hours. And that's kind of not provided me a lot of comfort because I know that it's going to be difficult and I know that this is kind of work that I need to do and no one else is responsible for this. But it's provided me a lot of comfort in the sense that I can't compare myself to someone who has found their creative voice. I can't compare myself to someone who has found their style and their feeling. I can't compare myself to that person because I haven't done that yet. But it's also reminded me that social media is not everything. Social media is not everything. Making sure that I've got a post to post on Instagram and a video to post on YouTube and something to post on wherever is not everything. It's not everything at all. It's In fact, it's far from everything. If you do this first, you'll probably be more successful when you do come over to social media. So I think that that's kind of what I've <laughs> been laboring over in my mind recently. It's just because it it is a it has been confusing. Because there is part of me that's like this podcast is is just pure and raw and organic and very natural and like I said, effortless for me to create. Um, but it is also me being relentless. There are certainly Sundays where I don't feel like doing this. <laughs> I made a whole episode about it. There are Sundays where I don't feel like doing this. There, uh, you know, sitting down for an hour and recording and being 
comfortable enough and being capable enough to talk for an hour, that's a high-pressure situation. I don't want to get on here and just bamble on and, and talk about nothing. And it feels like I've done that today, but I don't want to do that. I want to give you guys something that is is at least going to leave you with a feeling, at least going to leave you with a thought, or at least going to leave you with something that you can take away. And I think that I've sort of recognized through this podcast that like there's, <laughs> and we're back to square one, there is an argument for both sides. There is certainly an argument for both sides. And I think it's it's about figuring out what works for you. It's about figuring out what type of creative are you. You know, are you the type of person that can be motivated by the dopamine and be motivated by the likes and the followers and have that be your driver? Are you the type of person that's happy to create the same thing day after day or the same video week after week or create in the same style or do something that might not necessarily fulfill you heaps, but at least you're creating something and you're posting it and and are you that type of person that has that very, you know, are you the type of creative that has the the, uh, accountant work ethic and compare that with your creativity or are you more of the creative who is happy to put their 10,000 hours in but is more focused on finding what makes them the best possible creative they can be and that sounds like I'm making one sound better than the other but I think I lean more towards that I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all I don't think there is anything wrong in fact I think that right now it's probably better to be that type of person who is happy to sort of pander to the algorithms and work on the programs and and be smart with social media i think that there's certainly a benefit to being that type of person i think that i the reason why i probably make it sound more attractive is because i think that i've and again this is probably just me making up excuses for why i can't think of any youtube content don't always have instagram content to post but i think i am that type of person that's more or you know wants to make sure that i squeeze as much of the lemon as I possibly can. You know, I don't want to settle for something or a style or a, or a genre or a, or a type of creating before I know that I've found my creative voice, or found my creative flair. I think I'm going to leave it at that. I hope that this was conducive. I hope that this was cohesive is the correct word, not conducive. Um, I think it was a little bit of a ramble because I kind of realized halfway through the podcast that the entire topic that I wanted to speak on had suddenly shifted and and I no longer agreed with what I had written down um but yeah I hope that it was at least somewhat conducive and I hope that it's it's been eye-opening for you before I let you go I just want to thank every single one of you for listening to the podcast so far. Like I said at the start of this episode, I was listening to the Spearhead Sundays and and the fact that we are still growing even through this time is incredible and i cannot thank each of you enough for listening every single week for those of you who've shared the podcast for those of you that have sent it to someone or let someone know to listen to it that helps me more than you could possibly imagine so if you have enjoyed this episode if you've enjoyed any of the episodes so far 
I would really appreciate it more than you can imagine if you could share the podcast with a friend. Sharing it with one other person will make the world of difference and would help me out incredibly. So if each and every one of you could go now and text this episode to a friend, text it to someone you think may enjoy it, or just text it to someone who's a little bit bored in quarantine and needs something to listen to or needs a better podcast than whatever they've been listening to currently, Send it to them, let them know they should listen to it, and I would appreciate that more than you could possibly imagine. So thank you so much for listening. As always, all of that is entirely up to you, and I'll speak to you guys next week.